4.30. We are excited this week to have Illini men's basketball assistant coach. And that's a new title. He was used to have a different title. He kind of did the same thing, just opened up a few new things he can do now. But And it's Zach Hamer. And uh, Zach has uh, been with the, you know, he's been with Brad Underwood here in Illinois uh, for a while, but he's been behind the scenes. And so you, sometimes you you see him on the bench and, and he's he's got his charts and all his analytics and things, but then you don't necessarily see him, you know, out on the recruiting trail. So we we don't know him as well. So we're going to get to know him uh, here in uh, tonight's edition of Sturdy for Thirty. So Zach, tell me the new gig. How excited are you about this new uh, new job? Yeah, Brad. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I'm honored honored to be on on your show. Um, it's it's an exciting change. You know, the NCAA allowed two two additional. Um, on-court assistant coaches and men's and women's college basketball. Um, so, so it's going to allow my duties to expand to allow me to, to be able to be on the court and uh, help facilitate individual workouts, help facilitate practice um, coach during the game and, and, and all of those things. Um, so, you know, some of the stuff that I've always helped prepare for, but haven't necessarily been able to um, execute on the day to day. Um, given the NCAA rule. So it's an exciting change to, to be able to apply some of that stuff. What's probably the one thing you're most excited about with this new, new title and new uh, responsibility. Yeah. Like for me, it's the, it's the individual workouts. Like I, I love getting on the court with our guys and, and, and sweating with our guys and, and, and just helping them get better. Um, whether that's breaking down film with them and attacking certain weak points in their game or, um, just helping them develop into, into better players, but, but being on the court with our guys and, and spending that time and building those relationships um, for me, being on the court with guys has always been the ultimate way to, to build bonds with players and, and, you know, not having that the last few years has been, has been tough, but it's, it's exciting to to get back into a position where that's, you know, permissible. Yeah. I'm a, I will say I'm, I'm somewhat, um, how do I say this? I'm a little sometimes negative towards the NCAA. I, I know that I know that's shocking. Sometimes I'm a little negative, maybe a little cynical with the NCAA, different things, but this was a good thing. It really made sense when you have with all the things that we have with these kids and all the um, you know, we we put all these things in place. They finally did, I think this made a lot of sense to add these coaches in basketball. And it's not just basketball either. It's they added coaches in in like softball and baseball and things like that. And it, I think it's really good for the the kids involved that they did this. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's you know the the NCAA uh, so much the last few years has been made about um, just bettering the student athlete experience and and being able to limit the coach to player, the player to coach ratio. Um, you get that to where it's closer to a one to one ratio, and obviously it'll never get to that point, but. You know, it, it just allows everyone in our program, all of our players, to get a little bit more attention, a little bit more help, and have a few different different voices to help them achieve, you know, their their ultimate goals. Yeah, it probably allows the and then the guys who are out recruiting. I, I think they probably feel less. I think it probably takes some stress off of those guys because they always felt like, well, I got to get back because we got to have this workout, or I got to do this, and I got to do that, and. I, I can't be gone to go to this game because we got practice and I have to do this. Well, now you have, you can be on the court and, and Tyler as well can be on the court and just running practice. Yeah, no, that, that, that definitely 
you know, it, it, our our players will always have a, a full complement of of coaches available um, to help them get better. So so it's that that that's definitely a great point there, Brad. Is there a, so as you kind of look at this the, this team? I mean, you guys have come off a, I mean, it's been kind of a it's been a roller coaster ride with everything with nil with the transfer portal being nobody, nobody sits out anymore. So it's been, I mean, it's uh, as a uh, former uh, Illinois assistant coach Orlando Antigua kept telling me it's the wild West, man, it's the wild West. And, and it, it is, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy, but is, have we settled down just a little bit, maybe one more year of COVID guys. And then I think we've kind of, will we kind of have figured out a little bit more about this? Yeah, I think you, you raise a good point about one more year COVID guys. I think that, you know, everyone having an extra year of eligibility is obviously inflating some of those transfer numbers. Um, so I, I do think that things will settle down to a degree, but you know, we're, we're, we're in this new era and it's just different. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just, it's just different. And, and it's on us to adapt and figure out how to best maximize our roster and best build our program moving forward. Um, and, and I think coach Underwood's done, an amazing job and our assistant assistants have done an amazing job of, of building a roster that, that makes sense and, and staying ahead of the curve in terms of roster building and roster management. One of the hardest things to do in, in this whole thing is, is get the right transfers that fit your team, but also keep your current guys here. You know what I mean? For year after year, you see this over and over people just because they can't, they can go play. It used to be you had city year. You weren't as likely to want to go sit out a year, but now uh, you know, they get sold a bill of goods. They get given a big NIL package somewhere else and, and they can go do what they want uh, with the guys that you have right now. What are your thoughts about this group that you've kind of got put, you know, you've got some new guys, but they're old and they've got some young guys who are kind of have come, you know, come back and have a chance to grow. And then you've got some freshmen coming in who are very talented. So how's it been, you know, with the workouts this summer? Yeah. You know, I, th I think we're always going to have freshmen in our program. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that's ever going to change. That's always going to be a priority for us. We're always going to be a developmental program first and first and foremost. Um, that, that's a really important thing. But what sticks out about this group um, is, is just the the overall character of this group. To be honest with you, um, we we have and and that's nothing against you know. Not saying that we haven't had it in the past, but it, for me, it's. You know, it's it's fun coming to work every day with with a great group of guys who who all want to get better, um, who all want to learn, who all want to j just continue to to progress as basketball players, um, and and that's what you know, Coach Underwood over the last his six what is this this is his seventh year now, and his six years a year, you know, he's he's developed a, a culture of consistent work, um, and that's been propped up by us having high character guys throughout his tenure. Um, and, and this group is no exception. It, it, it's, a, it's a bunch of guys who are going to move the needle every day and push the envelope to overachieve and max out their capabilities. So that, that, that's what I love about this group. And, and that's what I love about, you know, having worked with Coach Underwood in my fifth year now is that, you know, those are that's the identity of this program. And, and it's something that I'm honored to be associated with. And you're, you've got a lot of old guys too. And I think old guys – Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like old guys are kind of more secure in themselves and they know what they're doing. Young guys are trying to figure it all out. And, and so they come in, they're trying to figure out the old guys. Like, I know what I can do. I know what I do. And so 
for them, it's more just a matter of kind of just doing their thing. The young guys trying to figure out what they can and can't do at this level. And so it's a little bit, you know, haphazard for them. But having these old guys has got to help your young guys as well coming into this program. Yeah, we've got a lot of guys who've played a lot of college basketball games. Um, and, and it's, you know, our, our our young guys are extremely receptive to the the experience and the guidance that our older players have had. And 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 it you know, it allows some of that knowledge to to certainly get passed down to the to the younger guys. Um, but yeah, yeah, having having experience is a great thing. Um, you know, all these guys have seen every different ball screen coverage, they've seen every type of action that any other team can run, you know, nothing's going to be new to them for the, you know, the challenge with freshmen is that, you know, maybe this is their first time that they're seeing a team ice a ball screen and it's not just intuitive right away of, of how we're going to attack that. And you have to spend maybe a little bit extra time um, dissecting that and breaking that down. And, oh, Hey, this is the first time we're guarding a, a horns flare action in our life. Like, you know, for when we had, Trent in his fifth and fifth year and DeMonte in his fifth year, you said, Hey, this is horn. They're, they're running horns flare. And you didn't even need to tell them yeah. how we were going to guard it. Um, Cause they had done it so many times. So, so that's certainly a, a positive of having the older guys. It's just, there's the familiarity and, you know, they'll get used to how we do things and um, we'll, we'll, and it'll be seamless. One of the hard things for me, like as a media guy, you know, covering the team, you, you get to know a lot of these guys in the recruiting process and, sure. and and you get to know them as you go through it and you get to know them as they're when they play there. So a lot of these old guys, you know, we now there's a, there's always the guy like Terrence Shannon, who you knew when he went through the recruiting process and then he came back a few years later and then, you know, you still you, you still remember him. But some of these guys are new. So you got to give me some lowdown here on these guys. Tell me about a little bit of personality. Who's, who's the guy we're going to like from a personality standpoint, when we get those post-game pressers. Wow. That's, that's a good one. Um, well, I, I think all, all three of the the fifth year guys are, are, are unique personalities and, and, and amazing kids. Um, I think, I think, I think Justin is probably has a chance to be a pretty good quote. You know, he, Justin's <laughs> a guy who's, who's got a little bit of an edge to him. Um, he's a guy who's been under-recruited, was under-recruited his whole life, you know, spent two years in junior college, two years at Utah Valley. Um, and, and he's a guy who is eager to prove what he can do at the highest level. And, 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 and we think he's extremely capable of doing that. Um, and, and, you know, I think we're just really excited about his game and his toughness. Um, and, and just his mentality and approach to the game. And I, and I wouldn't be shocked if some of that shined through in some of his, some of his comments. Yeah. That's a, that, that's, I always love the, you know, sometimes the quotable guys, I mean, it, sometimes it's really good and it adds some fun and, and uh, to the, uh, the post-game pressers, it's not the canned responses that we get a lot of times. So it's always interesting when we get those. So, so now uh, on to important topics, you know, really important things here on this, um, in this podcast like so i have to know how how's the golf game working for zach hamer i mean you don't now that you're you're on court i does that mean less time for your golf game can you are you going to lose your handicap how's that going to work oh what it what it means is is more time on the training table for me i mean i'm I'm too <laughs> old to be i'm too old to be doing a lot of the things i'm trying to do on the court so i, I think our, our first day i think july 2nd was our first workout after it and i uh I tweaked my back a little bit, guarding Coleman in a, in a workout. So, 
Um, and in that sense, that that's how it's affecting my golf game. But yeah. so it, it uh no I you know I love I love playing I love competing. So it's uh yeah it's it's, it's a definitely a hobby of mine. You get uh just you get Coach Underwood out there and it it, it he's pretty good. You know, I got to hit some balls with him last year, and he he's pretty good. Like he he can hit the ball really good. Yeah, Coach Underwood is the the most consistent little baby draw you've ever seen in your life. Um, and he's a really good ball striker, really good short game. He's a really good golfer. Um, it's always a always a challenge to to try to to best him, but doesn't doesn't happen very often for me. <laughs> That's okay. You need to play like you need to play Chester. From what I hear, Chester's not very good at golf. Is what he says. So, is that accurate? Um, you know, I I think that I haven't seen Chester play golf, so I would assume that, that <laughs> so what he's, he's saying checks out. It's probably not very good. But I, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to have to try to score on Chester on on the basketball court like that. That that's you know, he's got he's got that locked down. He's that, he's that, he is that meme. And I took that personally. Anytime you try and score on him, like that's how yeah. he is, right? It doesn't matter what it is. It's just, it's just what he does. You you think your back hurts now. Try and score Ooh, on him. Man. He'll man, put you no, into I, the. I, I would say I know my limits, but I, I really have proven this week that I, that I don't, but that's, <laughs> that's one, that's one that I'm not going anywhere near. I promise you that. Is it a, so as you kind of go through this, you're probably, you know, and, and I don't say this, I, I know you're, you're younger than say like, you know, coach Underwood or coach Alexander thing. Does that help you maybe with these guys being a little, you and Tyler both being a little bit younger, you can connect maybe a little bit more. You're more in the same space in life a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think there's some, uh, some truth to that. You know, I, I think Tyler especially has that the, the advantage of the share experience of having been in this program and, and played in this program for, for four years that, that he can really kind of rest his hat on. Um, but it, it's definitely, you know, it's a little easier to, to speak their language and, um, and just, just relate, relate to these guys for sure. Is there, as you kind of, now one thing about, um, you've got that, the new digs there at Ubbin, did they get you a nice, you got a nice office there too. You got a nice I, setup there. I do. I'm no longer, uh, four feet away from, from Joey Bid, so we're not we're not breathing down each other's necks anymore. That, that that's been a a welcome change since we've since we've moved into the new offices. That is with good because that's with all that's with all due respect to Joey, of course. Well, yeah, exactly. But I I know I know the old office man. You were in that little, you were in like a it was almost like a closet. You guys were just kind of stuck in there. Maybe not. Oh, closet, there were but... there were there were three of us in there. There was a coffee maker in there. There was a coffee <laughs> machine in there. There was a a, 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 a paper cutter in there i mean there was yeah it was a storage a storage unit a copy room a break room and an office for three people and what was probably designed as an office for one person so yeah it was yeah. it was uh, it was it, you know it, it wasn't so bad but but it was uh it was definitely a little tight quarters yeah so you got the new oven and now you need it though for so you need it not only for space but you definitely need it for your back now too you can get in there and do some get some massage therapy, get some, you know, some whirlpool action and you'll be ready to go. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So as we kind of look at the, this, the, the going back to the team a little bit, what do you, how do you set when you come into these seasons? I think it's so hard to try and everybody's trying to make sense of these, what you have and what you don't have and what you need, what you don't. 
how do you set a, the expectations for a season? Because I really feel like you guys are, you have a lot of talent. You have a lot of guys who can score. You have a lot of guys who can, you have some great defensive players. How hard is it to kind of get them to kind of all be on the same page and mesh and fit together to see what your ceiling actually is when you go to get to the season? Well, you know, I think everyone, it's, it's about developing that common goal of, of winning and, and getting a little bit better every day. Um, you know, just being on that continuous quest that, that really has no expiration date of, of improvement. Um, and, and when everyone's bought into that and bought into, you know, sacrificing for the sake of winning, then that's when special things can happen. Um, and, and, and then we have a group who, who's committed to doing those things and, and, and who wants to go down that path of, of trying to do something extraordinary. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to, to see the, the product on the floor in, in Spain and in August, and then obviously eventually in state farm center come November. When you have a team with this many new guys, how important is the trip to Spain where you get, you know, four games, but more importantly, it's like the bonding time, a little bit, see them in action against somebody else, but also that bonding time of 10 days. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's great to get the 10 days over there. Um, and it's great to get the 10 additional practices that that come along with that trip. Um, you know, it, it allows us to do some team, um, put in some team concepts without sacrificing any of our individual development time over the summer. Um, so, so that's a, a really important, important for us to kind of get a little bit of a head start um, and, and just see what we have and, and, and see if, you know, we always, of course, have our initial thoughts on what is going to work well for any given group. And, um, you know, we like to think that those are going to be correct and we'll kind of have a chance to lay it all out there in, in, in Spain and, and assess what we have and, and what adjustments we need to make for, for the fall. And so you're only going to play, as I understand it, I was talking to DB and he told me you're going to play four games. I think it is over the, the 14 or 10 days. Right. So you got some time to see Spain too. So that's pretty awesome. Right. I mean, it's like a cultural, it's a great cultural thing for these guys because, you know, maybe they're going to end up playing in Europe or something basketball, but probably a lot of them have never been there. Right. So, and I don't know if you've been to Spain or not, but it's a pretty amazing, it's going to be a pretty amazing experience to actually get that opportunity to go overseas and, and, and take this trip too it's more than just basketball i guess yeah no I, I think uh for the majority of our team it'll be their first time going overseas um so they'll we're, we're excited to, i know that um you know the, the travel agency that, that we're using has some good events planned for us i haven't seen the itinerary yet but it'll definitely be a good mix of of basketball as well as some some sightseeing and you know maybe a little bit of beach time for our guys as well um and, and just getting to you know have some some spanish food and uh and just just kind of experience what barcelona madrid and and valencia have to offer i know you know we, we've been you know right now i'm focused on the practices our first practice is tomorrow morning um but but definitely the reward of being out in spain at the end of at the end of this road will be well worth it for all our guys yeah, that's it. It'll be a great time. I'm I'm excited to kind of hear how things go. Um, I'm sure we'll be in touch, um, a, a, on that trip, and you know we'll have uh, lots of video, I'm sure, and and uh, reports from how they play and this, and also the the whole experience there when we get to Spain. Now, 
as you kind of go through this, the other the other part about it, this is these 10 practices you mentioned. 10 practices is really something that you, you can't really put a price on that because you have now now you have all these guys and you have everyone on campus now that you're you know, all 12 scholarship guys plus your walk-ons and, and who are from what I'm told can really shoot it, by the way. <laughs> Got some guys who can really shoot the ball. Um, but if you get, you know, these 10 practices. How how big are those as you go into your fall? Because you get these 10 where you can do team concepts and get puts a lot of things in before you actually start official practice in the fall. Yeah, it gives us a, a head start. Like I think back to the last time we went on a foreign tour was the um before the 1920 season. And and I just, you know, like the the benefit for Kofi before his freshman year of of having that summer of, of practices and, and, you know, our guys get used to being how a practice runs and they're, they're first, you know, Draven and Amani's and Justin and Marcus and Quincy and, and Max and Keaton, their first practice won't be October, you know, October 1st. They'll have, they'll have seen it all and be familiar and won't have to explain as many drills early on. So it'll just allow us to, once we really get into the meat of training camp in the fall, will just allow us to be that much more efficient, which is, which is extremely exciting. Um, and then, yeah, just having the, the film and kind of the affirmation for our guys of, of, of what we're doing is, is working and, and what they've worked on all summer. Um, and, and they see that improvement on film and real games against real competition just, just gives them more confidence for their, their last two, three months to improve before the, before the season starts. So I, I have to I have to ask this. I'm old, right? So, you know, I, I'm different because I'm like, you know, once you're over 50, you're just old. It doesn't matter what you do. You're just old. So I'm a film guy. Like I've always been a film guy and, and watching film and breaking down film with basketball. But and I know you do a lot of film, but you're also a huge analytics guy. Right. And, and so and and I've become I'm I've grown as an analytics guy, you know, over the years, you know, since I started doing this 20 years ago and coaching 30 years ago that that's how old I am so um but as we go through this how do you balance the the two things because analytics often say you know give you a story but sometimes film can give you maybe even a more detailed story on, on what's happening and, and so forth so how do you balance the film and analytics because I've always I always love you know I know that's kind of your specialty is the the analytics side and and the and the film and really spending a lot of time there yeah, you know, I, I think either one is irrelevant without the other. And and I shouldn't say irrelevant, but um neither one tells the full story. You know, the and and more often than not, the film and the numbers are gonna tell you the same thing. Um I think it just kind of appeals to, you know, different different learning styles. Um, and, and just allows you to have a, a wider reach for, for your or, or being old, old is also another thing. <laughs> um, but, but for sure, like the, the numbers can usually, you know, if you see a, a number and a stat that's alarming or concerning, you know, usually the first thing that I'll do is go back to, to the tape and, and, and try to figure out why. Um, so, so oftentimes the numbers are always going to tell you the what, right? Like, like those aren't going to lie. The numbers are the numbers. Um, they're, they're going to tell you the story, but they're not going to tell you why whatever is happening is happening. 
um it's it's you know it, it could be a number of 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 different things so um you know like, like i i would say that there are oftentimes a, a typical misleading information would be a you know a player having a, a really really good plus minus or his you know his lineup efficiencies are really good and then you kind of go back and you look at it and it's like well 80 percent of his minutes are against the other team's backup two threes and fours when we have four starters in so i would hope that these lineups are efficient and so then you you know you you but whereas you could just look at a number and think hey so-and-so's plus minus is really good he needs to get more minutes and but if you don't really dive in to find out the why behind the what it's not really that valuable. So I'm always skeptical of, of anything that's presented just numerically to me. Um, I, I always need to see the video evidence and the visual evidence and how it applies on the court before I truly will trust any number. Cause it's easy to, it's easy to skew numbers and, and to, to craft a narrative. Yeah, that's a, it's great. That's great stuff, man. See, this is why I had you. I, you, I'm learning, I'm learning as we go. This is the, this is my sturdy for 30 learning podcast. So we're learning <laughs> all how to do this. So no, Hey man, I, I really appreciate you coming on today um, and, and talking about the new position. Congratulations. I, I don't know if I started with congratulations, but congratulations on this new gig. It's well-deserved, well-earned. I know, you know, every coach, you know, I obviously, you know, I talked to all the guys, everybody respects you. Everybody thinks you do great work and uh, put in a ton of time. And, and so, people outside maybe haven't seen, you know, don't get to see you. Like I said, you're, you know, you were behind the scenes a little bit. So, um, and, and hopefully now some people are enlightened into what you bring to the table. No, I appreciate you saying that, Brad. And I've, I've been really lucky to, you know, over the course of my, I think it's my 13th season at the high major level or above. Um, and I've, I've just been really lucky to, to be able to learn from a lot of really, really great assistant coaches, both here and, and elsewhere. And, 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 you know, those guys have, have really done a great job of showing me the ropes and taking me under their wing and, and helping, helping me to learn and grow as a coach to where now that I am lucky enough to have that opportunity that, that, that I, I feel like I am prepared to, to help these guys. So I, I appreciate you saying all that. And I'm, like I said, I'm, ecstatic to to get to help our guys and and kind of achieve our goals as a program all right man zach hamer the new fighting Atlanta men's basketball assistant coach um and uh we're excited to see what what he can do and bring to the program uh sturdy for 30 thanks for listening